There is a phenomenon that we talked about a bunch of years ago that uh, that uh, is a unique Yaakov phenomenon. We're not going to talk about it today, which is that Yaakov builds matzevot. A matzeva is a steel, kind of like a single stone that's raised up. Uh, and we use the word uh, today. It's even used in Tanakh this way as like a tombstone. Um, but uh, that is a, a unique thing that Yaakov does among alone among the avot. Um, however, when we talk about a Mizbeach, which is what we would expect, and Yaakov does build one Mizbeach, when we talk about a Mizbeach, we find that Avraham builds numerous Mizbachot. Yitzhak builds one, Yaakov builds one, but Avraham builds a number of them. And at these Mizbachot, typically, we also find the phrase, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, that he calls out, and that's, I'm going to leave untranslated it, uh, he calls out in God's name. He calls God's name out. It's unclear what it means. And so we're going to try to explore what that means, but what these Mizbachot are about. And believe it or not, this may be, and I would at this point say not, but um, this may be a key to understanding something about Akedat Yitzchak, uh, the dramatic, um, do we say, coda or... Uh, um, um, Great uh, highlight uh, in Avram's career. So let's start from the beginning. Um, we're going to look at all the points at which Avram builds Mizbeach, and we're going to find that the first two come right next to each other in the text. When Hashem sends Avram to Israel, by Avor Avram Ba'aretz, he comes to the land, Ad Mekom Shechem Ad Elon Moreh, and that, of course, is a an anachronism to refer to the place of Shechem, when Shechem is a fellow who hasn't been born yet, but the point is, of course, that the text was committed to writing in Moshe's time. And by that time, we know where Shechem is. So Avram comes south, and he comes to the place that we refer to as Shechem, and that is known by its famous tree, Elon Moreh, Vakrani Az Ba'aretz, which is perhaps helpful to understanding the next phrase. But the he comes, and it's not an uninhabited place. There are people living there. I remember Hashem had promised him the land. So Hashem appears to Avram and he says, I'm giving your seed, Avram doesn't have yet, this land. So what does Avram do? So he builds a Mizbeach at Shechem. The Mizbeach is for Hashem, who has appeared to him. What we're not told is what this Mizbeach is for. So let's just talk about what a Mizbeach is. A Mizbeach is made typically of stone. We find the Torah legislates also a Mizbeach made of dirt. But typically Mizbeach and all the Mizbachot that we found are made of stone. And typically they're made of a bunch of stones put together to create a flat surface on a surface on which you can put animals or other offerings. And there's place for a fire there. Uh, there are Mizbachot that we found from the ancient world, from meaning in Canaan, from times of the Canaanim, that are a single rock that haven't been shaped at all. And sometimes there's a natural formation on a rock that can be used as a Mizbeach, like in the case of Manoach, probably. But typically, it's a bunch of stones put piled together, and the word Vayiven indicates that Avram did that. He built it, which means it's made of materials put together, and uh, and it's a Mizbeach for Hashem. Now, what is the purpose of Mizbeach? The word gives it away. Mizbeach comes is related to the word Zevach, and the word Zevach means to, to slaughter means it's a place where you put slaughtered meat, typically. 
which is odd because here you have even Shemiz Beach, Ladunayanirelav, he makes his Beach for Hashem, and it doesn't tell us what he does there. Now you may say it's implicit in this name is Beach that he also brought Korbanot. And we will see one Rishonu takes that approach. But Avram immediately moves. So he builds a Mizbeach, and then he moves towards the mountain country. Shechem is in a valley. He moves up to the mountain country. He moves east of Beit El, Beit El, which is Burj Beitin. He sets up his tent. Beit El Miyam, so Beit El is to the west of him. The Ha'ai Mikedem, and Ha'ai is to the east of him. So he's between two cities. He builds another Mizbeach. Now notice here, Hashem didn't appear to him. He builds another Mizbeach. And here we have a new phrase, He calls out in God's name, or he calls God's name. Unclear what this means. So we're going to take a look at some of the Rishonim, a sprinkle of the Rishonim here on uh, on this, on the first phrase, Vayivan Shamiz Beach, and also a little bit on the second phrase. Rashi says, Vayivan Shamiz Beach, Al Besorat Hazera, Val Besorat Eretz Yisrael. Because if you look back, Avram had never been promised the gift of the land, and of course, he knew that he was going to be the father of a great nation, but that could have happened in other ways. He could have become a spiritual leader to a lot of people. And now he's promised that he's actually going to have kids. And so there's two promises here. And Rash says he builds it in honor of the promise. Now, it it sounds almost as if it's he's building it like as a marker. This is where God made the promise. All right? The Bechor the, Shor, uh, who, of course, the Talmud of Rabbeinu Tam, for the school of Rashi, adds in the following. He says, Vayivan Shavizbeach la'avod. And la'avod, of course, means korbanot. Ulehodot l'mishanatano matanato vakazot. So he picks up on what Rashi says, that it's a response to the great gift of the land, but it's also the Mizbeach, as opposed to something else, because he's going to do avodah there. But notice that the Bechor Shor is a lone voice on this. Notice the Radak here. And uh, we're going a little bit out of order because the Benazer should be next. But the Radak says, "Kitam hoda'a la'el shenirei lav uvisro ba'aret zahi she tovaru chavaz avat chavudvash she nenal lezaro." So he's he's essentially taking Rashi and just amplifying him, right? And that's why I put him there. So we we again the same theme that we have in Rashi in the Bechor in the Radak is. The Mizbeach is a way of, of Avraham marking the place and thanking God. The Bechor of course, added in La'avod. The Benezra adds something else, which, by the way, is already starts in Unklus. Vatan Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, what does that mean? Tfilah. So what is Vayikra B'Shem Hashem? It means to call on God's name, meaning to pray. Now, what is Avraham praying for? So we have several possibilities. Possibility one is, He's praying regarding that promise. Hashem, you told me you're going to give that. Now I'm praying, please give me those kids and give me the land. Possibility two is there's something else going on that he's praying for. And possibility three is he sets the place up and now there's an opportunity to have regular communion with God. In other words, tefillah is not generated by a particular need, but it's tefillah. But then he he brings another way of looking at Vayikra Hashem Hashem. Oh, kriat bnei adam la'avod Hashem. Meaning, vayikram Hashem Hashem, and he's picking this from the way the Midrash reads it, vayakri, and we'll see it in the Ramban, 
Vayakri B'Shem Hashem, meaning he caused other people to call out in God's name. So in other words, the Mizbeach now becomes an attraction. That the Sforno says the reason he builds it between Beit El and Ha'ai is to be able to attract people from both towns. And he builds it as an attraction to get people to come and then engage with them. Famous Midrashim about Abraham's interactions and debates with other people to try to demonstrate to them the truth of the one God. And he gets them to pray to God. Very nice. So Meikrab Hashem Hashem doesn't mean he called out, but he generated a calling out to God. Which, by the way, dovetails with what we saw two weeks ago when we saw the different interpretations is Azu Chali Hashem Hashem. The Ramban here, and in typical Ramban style, fleshes it out more. And he says, Vahan after I'm entertaining several possibilities, Meaning, what's Vayikrab Hashem Hashem? It's not prayer. It's not getting other people to pray. But he would stand in front of Mizbeach and he would publicly and loudly call out in God's name. Meaning, Which now means it's not a prayerful act, it's a teaching act. Is a proselytizing act. Avram is standing in front of this Mizbeach. Mizbeach is a marker. And at the Mizbeach, he's giving public announcements and teaching about God. And then he gives some of the history based on the Midrashim. When he was in Urkastim, he tried to teach them. They wouldn't listen. This is based on some Midrashim. This is actually based on earlier than Midrashim. If you take a look at Sefer Yovlim. Now he comes to the land, and Hashem had promised him, I will bless you, those who bless you. Now he knows that those people who get attracted to him will actually benefit. Because God said, I'll bless those who bless you. So anybody who comes around and joins my group is going to be blessed. He now is publicizing it. When Yitzchak went to Plishtim and he wanted to go to Egypt, and God said, no, you stay here. What did God say? Don't worry, I'm with you. Right? He built a Mizbeach, and again, he's, that's the one in Mizbeach he builds, and he calls out in God's name. What does that mean? He came to a place where people hadn't heard of Hashem. They all had their idols, but they hadn't heard of one God. They never saw the great glory of God. And he publicized it. So the Ramban is taking the position by Yikram B'Shem Hashem is proselytizing. The Ramban here says something which is wild. He says, we don't find Yaakov doing this. Like I said, Yaakov is famous for his matzevot, which are markers. He builds one Mizbeach, but he builds one Mizbeach, and that's because he made a promise at Beit El, when he had the vision, he said, if Hashem takes care of me, etc., etc., I'll come back and I will make this a Beit Elohim. So he had to fulfill his promise. And God even said, time to go back and fulfill your promise. And he builds a Mizbeach. That Mizbeach, we assume, was used for Korbanot. But Yaakov didn't, didn't do this. He had a whole family of Avdei Hashem. He had a whole big community called the Jewish people. I'm not Israel. Not the Jewish people, but the Israelites. Now watch how he takes this. Since Yaakov had a built-in community, his kids, 
and his kids had wives, and they had kids, and he has a whole big tribe that's all dedicated to Avodat Hashem, that's the vehicle through which God's name gets out there. He doesn't need to make a mitzvah and stand there and attract people. His his tribe is doing that work by itself. He brings another argument. And by the way, you can see the Ramban's bothered by the fact that Yaakov doesn't join this. I'm going to suggest something else which will which will make Yaakov not even close to being on the hook. But in the Ramban's world, Yaakov's on the hook. Why doesn't he publicize God's name? He says, first of all, because he's got a whole tribe and their presence and their lifestyle already does that. And second of all, because by the time Yaakov comes along, there was already Avram and there was already Yitzchak and they're already doing that. So everybody knows about God. They've joined on is a different story. Things the Ramban's take here is it's not about success, it's about the attempt. You got to get out there and attempt. The Chacham Rubbereshit Rabbah, now the Ramban picks, and I mentioned the Ibn Ezra picks up on this also. That what Avram was doing was he was getting other people to call it in God's name. Famous Midrash, for instance, he would feed people, and then afterwards they would say, thank you. And he said, why are you thanking me? I didn't make the wheat. I didn't make the salt. I didn't make the water. Said, what do you mean? And he engaged them until finally they'd say, oh, okay, good. And they would and they would thank God, of course, we assume with Birkat Amazon and a little venture that, you know, from somebody's wedding. But, um, but, uh, that, that's the, the presentation, um, of the first two Mizbachot. So again, back in the text, Avram, we don't hear about him building any Mizbachot. Of course, we don't hear about much before he comes to the land. He comes to the land as soon as he gets to Shechem which seems to be his first real entrance into the land coming from the north, even though Eretz Yisrael does go further. Shechem seems to be the first major place. He gets there, Hashem appears, and says, I'm giving you this land and to your kids, or to your kids, I'm giving this land. He builds a Mizbeach dedicated to God. Doesn't say he does anything. Then he moves further south, and he sets up his tent between Betel and Hai, and sets up another Mizbeach, and there it's Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, and we saw essentially three different approaches to what that meant. Did it mean that he prayed? Did it mean that he called out uh, to thank God? Or does it mean that he was teaching about God? Okay. An interesting thing happens, though. In the immediate aftermath of that, there's a famine, and he goes down to Egypt. And we know that the famine and going down to Egypt were a real trouble for Avram. It led to him having to lie or deciding to lie about Sarai. And it led to, to the plagues and it led to being thrown out of Egypt with persona non grata stamped on his passport. So we know that the, the immediate result of this was something that was negative. Now, in the longer range, it was positive because Avram became enriched and Avram then had a bigger following. But on the spot, the result is not good. What happens next? After Avram returns, and by the way, where does he return to? Avram returns to, um, in, in source uh, eight here, Avram returns when he comes back to the land. Where does he come to? He goes from the south back to Betel. Meaning, he brings his tent back to the same place where his tent was before. And very likely, the reason is that Avram had set up his tent. His tent is not one tent, by the way. It's dozens of tents because he's got a huge camp with him already, as we read about. In the next chapter, where he takes 318 men to go to war. So he's got his tent is a, is a bunch of tents. It's a whole little community. 
And he goes to where his community was set up before, probably because he had found some abandoned land, some open land, unclaimed land. So he went back to it because it was still unclaimed. Certainly after famine, it wouldn't be more claimed. What does he do there? We don't know. But what's the place? El Mekom HaMizbeach. He comes back to the place of the Mizbeach. Even though from a domicile perspective, the most important marker is this is where his house used to be. From a textual perspective, this what's important is this. He goes back to the place of the Mizbeach. Asher Asa Shambar Yishona. The Mizbeach that he had first set up. And then what happens? Again, he engages in the same activity. Very nice. What's the immediate uh, after, uh, immediate aftermath of that statement? Immediate uh, follow-up? That Lot is also rich, and Lot has shepherds, and Avram has shepherds, and the shepherds get in a fight. And as a result of that, Avram comes up to Lot and says, We are brothers, family, we should have a fight. You want to go north, I'll go south. You want to go south, I'll go north. Lot ends up going east to Stone, and that's the end of Lot, essentially. I mean, Lot has signed his own, uh, uh, his, his own, uh, shall we say, separation agreement from Avram. And in more ways than one, it's been a bad signature. So the immediate aftermath of the mention of the Mizbeach, where Avram is Koreh B'Shem Hashem, is more trouble. So notice, Avram comes to Shrem, builds a Mizbeach, but he moves. Why does he move? He then comes, builds a Mizbeach, and there's a famine. He has to go. He comes back to the Mizbeach, and immediately have trouble with Lot. Seems to be a pattern happening here. When we, when we, um, get to the end of that story of Lot, after Lot separated, Avram then moved to Hebron. And that's the first city that Avram settles in, the first Vayeshev, the first settling in. He settles into Elone Mamre, Asher B'Chevron. It's basically Tel Romeda, if you know Chevron today. And Vayim and Shem Mizbeach Now notice what's missing. He doesn't call out in God's name, but he builds a Mizbeach. But by the way, what's been missing from every mention of the Mizbeach? There has not been at one point any mention of Korbanot, or even Avodah, there's been Vayimir Hashem Mizbeach and maybe Vayikra Hashem Hashem. That's it. By the way, what happens immediately after that in the text? A story that seems to be absolutely disconnected from the previous stories, a story whose presence in the text is surprising and seems to be inexplicable until we get to the end of the story. And that's the story about a war in which four empires from the East have taken the entire Levant uh, hostage, as it were, and uh, they owe tax taxes, and after 13 years, they ha- they run a tax rebellion, and they refuse to pay the taxes, and then the empires come and swoop in and basically do a circle going down the East Bank and then up the West Bank and capturing everybody, taking everybody hostage, taking all their money, and leading them off. Which, of course, leads to Avram getting his 318 men together and doing a nighttime mission and rescuing Lot and all the people of Stom and all of the property and maybe people from all the other towns. He saves them. But notice that right after we hear a story about Avram building his Beach, there's immediately this huge war that Avram gets sucked into. We don't hear about Mizbachot anymore after this for quite a while. We do hear about Brit Ben 
at which Abraham kills animals. We don't hear them being of them being brought as sacrifices. These animals are set up really as part of the vehicle of a brit, and whether the animals are real animals or part of a vision, that's up for grabs. But either way, it, they're not korbanot, and there's no mizbeach mentioned there, and there's no mikravishem Hashem. So I'm skipping that. What happens afterwards is the whole story of Hagar. There's no mizbeach there. Then there's Avraham and being changed to Avraham and Sarai being changed to Sarah and Brit Milan, the promise of Yitzchak. There's no Mizbeach there. Then there is the famous visit of the Malachim, followed by the whole destructive stone. And everything follows there. No Mizbeach there. And at that point, after the destruction of stone, which Avraham witnesses from above, he migrates west to Gerar. And he comes to Avimelech. And again, we have the same story. She's my sister. That whole story as it plays out plays out a little differently than it's rhyme. And then finally Avram moves back and settles in Beersheba. Avimelech comes to Avram in Beersheba. This is after, by the way, this is after Yitzchak is born and Yishmael is exiled. This is the end of the reading on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Avimelech comes to Avram and says, let's make a brit. They make a brit. And then how does that passage end? Vaita eshel Beersheba. No Mizbeach, Avram plants a terebinth, a huge tree with big, big, shady leaves and branches. And there, he calls out the name of God, the God of eternity. Beautiful. That's the very next thing that happens. Now, the pattern that we've been finding so far is that every time that Avram builds a Mizbeach, or every time that Avram is Korei B'Shem Hashem, the immediate next psukim indicates some tragedy, some calamity, some great threat that threatens Avram's way. Avram is supposed to stay in the land. Famine has to move. Avram and Lot are supposed to build, and Lot maybe was his first shot at having an heir. That didn't work. Avram wants to settle down in Hebron and be at peace. Suddenly there's a war. Avram comes and settles into Beersheba, and what's the immediate thing that happened? God says, okay, take that son that you value so much and come up and sacrifice him. Now, this famous piece of the Rashbam on the beginning of the Akedah, which is not on the source, source material here, the very famous piece of the Rashbam, where the Rashbam picks up on the fact that the Akedah starts with, And he demonstrates through a number of examples that whenever you have a phrase like that, it means that this follows causally to the previous piece. It's not just uh, textually or chrono- chronologically sequential, it's also causally sequential, which means this happened as a result of that. So he points to the Brit that Hashem, that Avram made with Avimelech as being the cause. And he says, Hashem says to Avram, I gave you the land, and now I gave you a son at the age of 100, and now you're willing to sign away half the land to Avimelech, and you're willing to commit to multiple generations of this kind of coexistence or respecting boundaries? Take that son and sacrifice him. That's the Rosh Pam. Rosh Pam sees the Akedah as a punishment. So I'm going to take a page from the Rashbam and modify it. 
I think that we have to go to the very end of the Avimelech story, which is when Avraham is in Beersheba and is by Yikrasham B'Shem Hashem El Olam. And that's where the Akedah comes from. Because what happens in the Akedah? What does Hashem tell Avraham to do? He says, take your son, your only son, etc. Go up to Eretz Moriah. Where is that? I don't know. You don't know. We don't know. And take him to one of the mountains that I'll show you. Sounds like a mysterious place. It is a mysterious place. There's nobody there. And I want you to take him up. And if we read Haleo Sham Le'olah the way most people read it, although Rashi doesn't read it this way, and the Rabbag doesn't read it this way, but if you take him up and offer him as a sacrifice, but you can even read it like the Rabbag, which means take him up and do a sacrifice. Take him up to do a sacrifice. So he sees how to do it. Which means, what is Hashem commanding Avram to do here? Go build a Mizbeach and bring a Korban. Why? So an interesting thing that happens, watch the story. They come to the place that Hashem said, Avram builds a Mizbeach, sets up the wood, then ties down Yitzchak. I get very nervous around this because my name is Yitzchak. But, and then he puts him on top of the Mizbeach, on top of the wood, and Avram takes out his knife. And he's about to slaughter Yitzchak. And now the Malach comes down and says, stop, time out. Don't kill him. Don't even touch him. You didn't keep, you didn't withhold your son from me. Avram now looks up and what does he see? He sees a ram. And the ram's caught in the thicket. And Avram takes the ram and he brings him tachat beno. Meaning there has to be a korban, but the korban is a ram instead of his, his son. Very good. What does Avram now do? The very first thing he does he calls the place Hashem Yireh. Because this whole thing is about Hashem seeing and Hashem appearing and Moriah and Yirah. There's a lot of play on language here. And what happens next? The Malach then comes to him a second time and says, now I'm giving you this tremendous bracha. You're going to have lots of kids. And he amplifies the bracha from the beginning of his journey at Lech Lecha with another description of how many kids and that through you, the whole world's going to be blessed. Beautiful. That's the end of the parsha. It's gorgeous. By the way, what happens immediately afterwards? Suddenly we hear news about the future. Suddenly Yitzchak's bride is born. And suddenly the future of Avraham's seed is now alluded to. Wow. Which means every time there was a Mizbeach or Kriya B'Shem Hashem, it was followed by calamity or threat. And this one is followed by not only blessing, but the beginning of the realization of that blessing. What's the difference? What happened? So I'd like to share the following suggestion. Avraham clearly is a revolutionary. He's addressing a world which not only is anchored in pagan thinking, anchored in pagan territorialism, which means this land belongs to that God, and this land's under that God. He's he's anchored in a world of fetishism, everything we know about that world. And Avraham's a revolutionary. But what's Avraham's job? Is Avram's job to be the guy who's yelling from the street corner and everybody ignores him, but they are aware that there's a voice out there, sometimes the value of the radical, to just be aware that it exists? Or is Avram's job to be Makarik people, to bring people closer to Avodat Hashem? The answer is obviously the second. 
I'd like to propose that Avraham comes to Canaan with a whole new playbook. A playbook that maybe he developed in Orkastim, maybe in Haran, but a playbook that nobody else had. And I'm taking this directly out of the Mornavuchim. And his playbook, I'm adopting it from the Mornavuchim, his playbook was we are going to worship the one unseen, all-powerful, all-knowing God by calling out in his name. And that's it. I'm going to build a Mizbeach, and you know what I'm not going to do on that Mizbeach? I'm not going to bring a Korban. And I'm going to make it very public. I'm going to come to Shechem. I'm going to come between Beit El and Ha'ai. I'm going to be at Beersheba. And all we're going to do is call out in God's name. No Korbanot. What's Hashem's response? Build a Mizbeach and bring a Korban. Why? Two associated reasons. See, three. One. Notice, and this, Rabbi Lieberman mentioned this to me yesterday, as something he, he remembers hearing from Rav Simcha Cook many years ago. We can't find the source. So maybe, in any case, it's a good point. You'll notice that every time Avram builds a Mizbeach and he does it in public places, he has trouble afterwards. And it could be that the point is you don't want to push those buttons. You want to be Makari people. You don't do it by creating by creating confrontation. That's first of all. So by the way, where does Hashem tell him to build this Mizbeach? Somewhere where I'll show you and he ends up somewhere isolated. Nobody knows about it. That's first of all. Second of all, Avraham has been demonstrating this tremendous connection to God. I'm going to say this, it sounds a little strange, but at no cost. Stand up and call on God's name. Don't cost you anything. Hashem is saying, Avodat Hashem is something you have to be invested in, and you have to be ready to give up for. And that's what a sacrifice is. I'm taking some an animal that I own, I'm taking even grain that I own, and I'm offering it up. I'm giving it up. I'm saying, I'm donating this to God. I'm giving something that's expensive to me, and, and I'm donating it. Hashem says, that's what you have to demonstrate to people. It actually takes blood, sweat, and tears. And without Hashem, it's not something easy. So he starts with your son, which, of course, is the most painful. And he pulls it back and says, okay, but an animal. That's another part of it. But there's yet a third part, and I think the three coalesce. And I'm taking this again straight from the Rambam. His message to Avram is if you want to be a successful educator, if you want to be a successful public leader who transforms the way that people think, you have to meet them where they're at. You cannot present to them a radical vision of society that is so foreign to them that they can't relate to it. This other Rambam explains Korbanot. And so Hashem says to Avram, very nice, you want to demonstrate how beyond the need for Korbanot this new Avodat Hashem is, this new God that you've discovered, which is the God. That's great, but it doesn't work. You want to attract people around you have to work within the system that they're familiar with and gradually bring them along. And notice what happens. Whenever Avram builds a Mizbeach and demonstrates his reticence to bring Korbanot, 
immediately there's trouble because he's not attracting people. And like Rav Cook said, he's actually in, in their face. But now when he brings a Mizbeach and actually brings a Korban, although nobody's around, so there's not going to be that kind of conflict, Hashem comes to him and says, now I'm going to bless you. And not only that, through you, the whole world will be blessed. Because now you know how to teach them. It's a very powerful lesson that we see by contrasting the Mizbachot and the Kriyah B'Shem Hashem that Avram engages in up until this point with the Akedah, and seeing the Akedah as Hashem's response, if you will, tikkun, for this, what we say, extreme, although laudable, but extreme and unworkable vision of education that Avram brings to the table originally. And you'll notice that Avram himself engages in the tikkun, because what did he do before? What does he do when he builds the Mizbeach and brings the ram on it? He's also Korei. But how does he Korei? He doesn't just Korei Yavashem Hashem. He gives the place a name, Hashem Yerayah. He gives the place a name, and the place is related to Hashem's presence and Hashem seeing him. Which means now he's identifying and publicizing and acknowledging that the way to really interact properly is to build a Mizbeach, to bring the Korban, then Hashem's presence is felt, and then I'm really able to to continue and accomplish my goal, which I then pass on you know, to, to Yitzhak and to Yaakov and ultimately to all of us.